and welcome to Stories with Legs, conversations that interest me and maybe you too. I'm your host, Anne Hildebrand, and my update is that I am getting ready to go on a big hiking trip over in New Zealand, and then I'm going to go on a big hiking trip back in the States, and I'm super excited about hiking right now, and that's what I'm getting ready to do. But I'm also currently, in the meantime, still here in Outback Queensland, and I recently went to a station, which is like a really big cattle ranch out in the bush, and it's, I believe, 50,000 acres of this land with, you know, red dirt and mulga trees and dingoes and lots of kangaroos. And I went out uh, on a roo shooting expedition, um, which was definitely a unique experience. And I also went to a rodeo and I was there for some of the lamb castration and also for setting dingo traps because dingoes are actually a big problem as you can imagine just like wolves are in North America um, with raising livestock dingoes are actually native to Asia apparently and I don't know how they ended up here in Australia when they ended up down here but it, it must have been I mean from what I understand sort of evolutionarily the only mammals here are marsupials that are you know native to Australia. So when you have things like deer here or dingoes, they've arrived much later. Um, but the thing with dingoes and cattle stations or with you know livestock is that the dingo like to kill sheep and then only eat their kidneys. Apparently, I mean it would still be obviously problematic if they ate it all, but it's even weirder that they just go for the kidneys. Um, so because of this dingo issue, um, the ranchers set dingo traps. And I went out with Belinda, who was setting dingo traps. And before this conversation started, um, I'll actually have to give you the immediate backstory to it. Um, so she needed some bait, and the bait for the dingoes is dog urine. So she had to collect the dog urine. So the way she does this is um, she took a plastic bag and tied tied some string on the handles and on the bottom and goes out to the sheepdogs, Kelpies, that's the kind of dogs they use down here, um, and also blue healers, but these were Kelpies. She goes and she ties the bag around the dog's stomach so that it's... Um, so that it's gonna pee right into the bag hanging off the bottom and then she ties the she ties it up the front too. Uh, lets the dog off the leash so it can run around and lift its leg. It ends up peeing directly into the bag. And then um, that's how she harvests the pee to then go set the dingo traps. So the conversation you're gonna hear is what I recorded when we were out setting these dingo traps. Now, the audio quality is a very, varying quality because I just recorded it with no microphones or anything just kind of sitting in the car and I wasn't allowed to get out of the car because if I did touch the ground the, my smell would be there and mess it up and the fact that my footprints were there and everything so um, it was recorded on the fly in a situation that kind of happened on the fly and so it's an authentic sort of thing 
So I'm just going to turn it over now to being in the car with Belinda on the way out uh, on this dirt road to the this part of the station where she was setting dingo traps. because if you don't have it up the right way you've got the sand of your hem and sand on the top right so if I tip it over the other way that's it the spot's no good I guess it also blocks your boot prints too yeah yeah, yeah. So I picked this spot because it looks good and it's not far off the track for a dog to come in and pull why does it look good well, it's encouragement for him to come in from off the road because he'll walk the road. He won't go over there and walk. He'll walk the road. Why is that? Because they like it soft under oh. their feet. Okay. Just like you run along barefoot. But yeah. they, they like it soft, so yeah, they'll walk the road. So you tend to put it on the side that they're going to. And I put it on the, well, down there they peed on the southern side. But this one I'm going to put on the northern side because of the northern wind. So they'll throw the sand across the road to so he'll. Even if he's walking on that other side, he'll pull over straight away and say hello. I can smell something here. Okay. So, yeah. so are you just driving the trap into the ground? I'm gonna I'm going to actually do a little bit of measurements first of what the trap is. Okay. Because I've got to work out how the dog's gonna come into the approach. Okay. And I've got a and you always work on a theory from your from your hand to your elbow. Because that's that's his nose for scent. That's his front feet. So you want to put the pee, so the dog I want pee. to put the pee in there, right? In that area, and here I'm going to put the trap. So his front feet should be about here. Okay. That's where his front feet should be. So yeah, that's where I'll put it here. So yeah. So right, pee at the fingers, trap at the elbow. A lot of work in this, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this is this is the finish of my trap that worked. They say, what you take away from the top, you always must put back on the top. Because they'll smell the difference. Yep. They can pick up the difference of the soil. Oh, my God. Yep. That's how smart they are. And you've got to sift it all back on again, too. 
They're not silly. How do you know it's only two? Hey? How oh. do you know there's only two? Oh, well, I've seen the tracks here um, oh, okay. a few days ago. So I know there's only two at the moment. Gosh, I don't need any more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know there's only two dogs at the moment. Because I've seen the tracks here. So this dirt you're going to put back under the topsoil or? Yeah, under the topsoil, this one. I'll sift it so that any lumps or anything like that are in it that come out, I'll just leave them in the bucket and take them away with me. Why, why would you take the lumps away? Because you don't want them to get caught in under your trap. Oh. When you're setting it, you don't want anything there that's going to upset it to going off. Because they don't take much to not go off. I see. So, I mean, the whole thing, the bait is basically the dog pee. That's yep. all it is. Yep. Yeah. And that's what you got to do. Draw your dog in with the dog pee. And then you, while he's coming in to sniff, bang, he's in the trap. That's the theory. But he can walk over the trap too. Yeah. Or walk around it or dig and step. He might step over there and not step here. Yeah, like what's the margin of error on that? Like how often do you just miss? <laughs> A lot. That's the size <laughs> of the plate. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot. The bigger the plate, the better chance you got. The little of the plate, the less chance you got. So then why would you use a littler plate? Well, it's a bit hard to get anything that's big now. That's the biggest you can get. Because they're right. expensive or? No, no, they just don't make them. They just don't make them any bigger. So, yeah. But if I use one of those real old plates at home, Bigger, bigger, bigger thing on So the older traps are bigger and also have the serrated edge. Yeah, yeah, bigger, bigger, yeah. And they got a bigger, bigger plate. This one already caught a dog in it, so I know it will work. And the ones with the serrated edge, so it would break the skin and they'd chew through their leg and then yeah, escape? Yeah, what they do, they'll chew, they'll chew from the bottom up. So I said they caught there. I'll chew from this end up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then they'd so, escape. Yeah. Um, and then they'll get out. Yeah. And they'll be gone with three legs. And they'll live with three legs quite comfortably. And uh, so did they just take a, people a while to figure out that it was better to have a flat edge? Oh, yeah. Um, they did. But it's more of a greenies thing anyway. So, yeah. Because it's more humane considered. More humane. I mean, I'm surprised that these don't break their legs also. I'm just. No, I, they don't seem to. Legs perfectly normal. You can pull them out. I pulled them out of the traps and everything, and yeah, legs fine. Just hmm. doesn't seem to break them. It just puts pressure on there. But see, these traps haven't got that much pressure on them. Just enough to hold the dog, and that's it. I think if you leave them there long enough, he'll probably pull out. Right, because you, you're yeah. going to drive a stake into the ground or something. Well, that's right. He'll pull the whole thing out. Okay. He can pull everything out. Oh, I don't know, can we? But that's what I'm gonna need. That's gonna go all the way in the ground. Yeah, all the way. Don't knock your head off, yeah? <laughs> like that. So the head of the axe that Belinda was using as a hammer just flew off, and we need to go back to the house to get a hammer. At least you haven't put the pee down yet. Yeah, we've got the pee down yet. I doubt that's in the back, isn't it, Kerry? 
big hammer shortly and this is tight ground. Yeah, to get that all the way in there. Don't pull that out if I don't put it in properly. Yeah. And then they'll escape with your trap too. Well, that's exactly right. They're gone and then you've got to start tracking them. So we've had that happen before. They'll pull a whole trap, the whole lot out of the ground and then they'll start cat dragging it and of course, yeah, you've got to start trying to find them. Track. Eventually find them, you keep following them along, and you do find them, but they tend to not go too far away because the weight of it gets a bit heavy. And by now we're back with the hammer. <laughs> using your core. Good girl, using my core. Do you cover it entirely in dirt? Yep. Yep. Oh. So is that why you don't want the, the chunks in it? Because it might get in the way of it yeah, slapping well, shut. That's what this volatile is. He said we shouldn't have these jolly springs on them, but um, it stops the dog from actually pulling your peg out. Oh, We're yeah. having a spring on it because it lets go all the time. The springs? Oh, so it doesn't, yeah. it can't use as much as You usually can't weight. pull them out with those things on there, so yeah. So the spring's on the chain somewhere? Yeah. Is there a place where they like generally breed and live and this is like on the edge of their territory or are they just kind of always wandering around? They just wander. Hmm. They might be kicked out of an area, so they'll keep moving. And, uh, yeah. and they'll walk, they'll just keep walking until they get something they want. Food, whatever food. So yeah. And sheep are always the nicest ones out to play with. That's how they learn to do trap, that, that's how they learn to, you know, kill on sheep. So they won't smell the fact that your hands have touched that? No, they won't worry about that. Um, the volatile is not to wear gloves because you start to perspire. Okay. So, yeah. And it's worse. And it's worse then, so. Wait, so you're going to put some glad wrap over Glad wrap over it, covers up all the smell. Over the whole trap, okay. The whole trap, yeah, just exactly the same as what you would have done with if you were going to set a rabbit trap. It's exactly the same as newspaper. 
with newspaper for rabbit traps. Yep. Is there a reason for that? I don't know. No. They used to always do it with rabbit yeah. traps. And I suppose back in the day they didn't have glove rubber around either, did they? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, isn't it great stuff to deal with? So then you put on the dirt with the chunks and just then... under there a little bit. I'm only just doing this um, because of the wind at the moment. It's just holding the plastic down, otherwise I'll be chasing that plastic all over the flat here. Normally I put it in that sifter and away I go. But at the moment, it's alright, haven't got the wind. So you're sifting the sand out onto it to just Over get the, the top. Yep. Get rid of all your lumps out of it and, and put heat as well on it. How many dingoes have you got this way? Oh, I probably got. I haven't been doing this for very long, so I've probably got five or six so far. And um, yeah. I got my first one on a stick of pink. I got two on one hit. On one trap? No, no, in two different traps. I got a female on one and then a bitch and a dog on another one. Within, you know, like 24 hours. And when you come back, I mean, do, you don't try to do it, you just shoot them right there in the trap. Yep. Yeah, you shoot them in the trap and then you clean up around them to get rid of all the blood. And then you, um, oh well that's what I do anyway, I get rid of all, get rid of the dog, get rid of the blood, and then I can reset the trap, and sometimes you get another dog. Not very often, but you will get one. Because you would back. think they could really smell that. Yeah, they'll come back and smell, because what happens is the dog that's in the trap has been peeing and shitting and whatever else all around the ground, so they come back and suss it out. Come out and see what all that smells about. Oh, it's it's pretty good if you can do it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And you get it. I tell you what, when you get the first dog in the trap, oh, that's oh, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, you're just blown away with it because you know oh, you've done it. It's just a bit smarter than a dog. Yeah. That's what it is. And now you sift the topsoil over. Yeah, put the icing back on the cake. Pretty simple, pretty effective, isn't it? And it's got to be fresh dog pee. It's got to be fresh dog pee. So you can imagine what your dog will do. Sit there and pee on that, wouldn't he? Mm -hmm. Don't need That's much. That's all you need. That's all you need. Only a couple drops. Yep, you don't need much because you don't need to overpower. And that's it. We get in the car to go to another place where Belinda's going to set another trap. $500 a dog, probably. They pay you for killing them? Yep. The Who does? Uh, the showers do, yeah. Okay, so if you get a dingo in this trap... If I get a dingo here, I'm only going to get $50 because it's on my property. Right. But if I was a professional dogger and went out and did it as a living, I would get um, yeah, $500 a dog. So, yeah, it's not bad money, is it? No. So you might starve for the first two weeks and then after that you should get your 
themselves as dogs. Of course, you know, these areas down in here were had a lot of people in it, a lot of jackaroos, jackaroos, jackaroos anyway, so they shot them out pretty well. So, yeah. You people can't see down there, can you? Know what those two brown things are walking oh, down that fence. There. I thought they were kangaroos. Are they? I could be wrong. Are you way down there? Yeah. Looks maybe bigger than a kangaroo. Oh, I see. Ah, uh, they're roos, aren't they? I think. Kangaroos down the fence there. Right ahead. Yeah. Gives the scope on the gun. Oh, okay. Gotcha. What do you see? Right in the middle of the road, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a roo. I think it's a roo. Yeah. Just saw the way it moved its back legs. Oh, I see. So this one went off. Yeah, Ray got caught in this one. Oh. Get it off on This is a pain in the backside, but yes. So how did you learn how to do this? Um, a fella taught me how to do it. Down here, or next door neighbour. He taught me how to do it to start with, and then I went to some of those Don the Dogger course, yeah, just not long ago, and he taught us how to do a bit more. But he comes here occasionally and teaches us a little bit. One of those things, you either got to like it or you don't like it, isn't that Yeah, well, I mean, it seem, seems like there's not much of a choice. <laughs> no, there's not much of a choice here. We've we got to do it. We've got to do it. Otherwise, you just don't have livestock left. They'll eat calves, they'll pull them down, or they'll get them in a big dam and, yeah, drown them. They drown them? Big dams. Yeah. You know, they'll make them swim in water, and of course the cattle knock up real quick in water. And then they'll go eat them? Yep. They'll just eventually kill them. But they don't eat it all, they? They only, won't eat they it. They have a little bit. They probably won't even eat it at all, or beef. They'll just play with it until they get what they want. Until it wears itself out and dies in the water. And then you come in and you'll have a dead beast in there. <laughs> they just knock them around in there that much because they just run out of steam. I know they use poison for the foxes in a lot of places. Yeah, well they do a poison. We do a poison here, like for dogs. But, you know, not always you're going to get a poison to work on certain dogs. Mm. They're too smart. They're just smart dogs. Smart animals. 
without every poison is not going to work. It'll just get something else instead. The domestic dog. Yeah. Oh, it'll get a young dog, but won't get an old dog. They're just too smart. For old dogs, you've got to be really smart for them. Some people use um, different lures on their traps. The roots, they're not my trap. You need some solid boots to flatten that trap out. Don't come into this game with little boots. No, in my little slippers, I would not <laughs> stick my foot on. <laughs> slippers. Right, well, I mean, if there's so many roos that they're eating all they're the eating food. They eat a lot of yataka here. I can show you a spot down there on the lake where I've got grass growing in a little plot. The roos can't eat it, and it's just that eye, and it's green. Really? Uh, Why can't they eat it? Because there's a fence on it or something? It's fenced out. Yeah. Can't get into it. Yeah, so. I'll check that out. It's fair, uh, we'll go down there in a minute and we'll have a look. I don't look too bad, it's a bit disturbed to you anyway, so we're not going to worry too much about it. After that jolly, jolly, um, Ruse sort of hooked it up a bit, I'm leaving anyway. You want a Ruse go for the pee too? Yep. Oh, did they? Yep. So you better put in a lure somewhere else for them. Yeah, right, Ruse go for dog pee. Yeah. <laughs> If we um, want to do one and you're having a really bad lot of roo problems, you put a lure, a different lure here to catch the dog, and then um, and then put the pee somewhere else. What kind of lure? Put lipstick there. Really? Yep. An aftershave, anything like that. The dogs go for that. Yep. Just yeah. or different smell. Just a different smell, and then inquisitive. Oh. I like the smell of that, so So this episode is a little bit different and as such I'm not going to end it my usual way with the memory connection because this memory was just so unique and kind of encapsulated in its own experience that I'm just going to leave it that way and instead I just want to take a minute or two to just recognize how grateful I am to First of all, my experience here to the VAG family who I've been staying with, who have treated me really well, who have been really awesome, and have really made my time out here in Queensland uh, really cool. And then I also just want to express my gratitude for Renee for starting out this whole Australia thing with me, and for that job that we got in Tasmania, which was absolutely amazing, which not only allowed us to live on a river and work in this fancy schmancy hotel, but also allowed us to witness a man who had had a severe brain injury and severe paralysis in his body rapidly progressing and moving forward. And I've just gotten an email um, from the family with video of him walking, Nils. And if you go back in some of the episodes, I think it's like 9 and 10, 
you'll hear, you can hear my conversations with Nils. And he's now walking with just a cane. And I mean, it's, it's not fast, but considering he was not supposed to be able to walk at all or even feed himself or anything like that, it's really amazing. And these are just the kind of experiences that, that you get when you just go out and see what's out there. And I know that I'm also very privileged to be the kind of person with the kind of resources and ability to kind of jump out there and see what's out there, both physically, like I'm able to just kind of physically travel and all the things that that entails, and socioeconomically, like I'm just a privileged person and I have an American passport and that's a huge deal. And emotionally, I have an extremely supportive and wonderful family and I also have awesome friends and my family loves me whether I'm there or far and my friends support me whether I'm near or far and I've Skyped with so many people while I've been here and I just feel the love even though I'm far away from everything and it just makes it so much easier. And um, on that note, I just wanna say thank you guys. Also, thank you to everybody who listens. That's just crazy and awesome and thank you. I also want to thank Josh Reinhardt for helping me out with the technical stuff, as usual, and Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech for the music. Thank you, guys. I love you. Don't knock the head off, yeah? <laughs>